but you got to be willing to take the hit and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Here once again, Johnny Radio. About to talk to Zach Boyd at Rack City Zach on Twitter X. Um, I'm stopping myself now because you know everyone's been saying like when you talk about Twitter and X or like Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. No, I'm not going to say that ever again, except for right there explaining why I'm not saying it anymore. Just call it Twitter X, or if I say Twitter, it's just going to be Twitter. If I say X, it's going to be X. I'm refusing. I'm to allow myself to say Twitter X, whatever you call it anymore. I'm just going to say what I say and leave it there. I, I just call it Twitter. I'm not changing. We've got yeah. You're stuck. That's really consistent with actually everything I know about you, considering <laughs> your eating habits and otherwise. Uh, today also before we get to Zach Mavericks play at Real Madrid um, and I'm seeing now that Real Madrid's uh, arena is called the what do we know about Real Madrid the, the Wiz Inc Ooh, Center I like that no it's it's actually the Wiz Inc Center mm-hmm. but it's so close to calling I mean I just love an arena that would be named Wiz you we, know like urinating we also get to see Amani tonight how about that? I'm excited about that. Are you excited about yeah. that? Well, you don't know that you're going to see him necessarily. Sure, we'll see Imani. I hope we see Imani. Oh, don't we all hope we see Imani? Well, without further ado, let's talk to Zach. Like I said, Rack City Zach on Twitter and X and or X, I should say. God, the bird man. app. I'm just getting two. But it's not a bird anymore either, Bryant. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and he also not only works here for us, I believe he works also for uh, the Tri-State Defender. And he also works uh, with the Grizzlies on man game day in the radio department. As well, so he is a man of many talents, many jobs, and he's pretty much spread thin doing every, everything he's doing right now. Zach, first of all, you were at Game One. What were your impressions after one game? Let's start with the positives. What impressed you the most in their overtime win? Well, first and foremost, fellas, uh, good afternoon to good you. Good afternoon, Zach. Like, like we got, like I'm black. We got to start off with pleasantries. Oh, you got to. I, I, I apologize on behalf of both of us for that, Zach. Hello, Zach. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Um, game one. Game one, uh, the first preseason game. It felt it felt weird. Is that I think I think that's that's the word that everybody's using. It, it felt a little weird being back. It's like, okay, like we know it's it's Grizzlies preseason, but it's like is it really Grizzlies preseason basketball? Until we saw the until we saw the team on the court, it was like, Okay, yeah, like the Grizzlies are they're they're finally about to play some basketball here in the next few weeks. Impression? I mean, look, I thought D Rose from from what from what I thought going into media day, I thought D Rose was just going to be a locker room guy. I thought he, I knew, I knew he was going to play some within these twenty five games. I knew he was going to get some action if there's like some injuries. But man, like watching him play that first half and just see the shiftiness of his of, of his drive to the back. I mean, it's like, yo, like, this dude really hasn't lost a – now, he, he he lost his step a little – a lot of bit mm-hmm. <laughs> because he doesn't have that athletic juice like he once had. But, but in terms but of I what mean, he's been like the last five years or so. Yeah, like, the wiggle is still there. He's still kind of leaving the, his defenders kind of like standing still at most. So, I was really surprised to see Rose. I shouldn't be surprised. But I was surprised to see the wiggle and the shiftiness there that he still has that. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, he, he might not he he's gonna play more than twenty five games this upcoming season. 
Uh, for sure. Um, Steven Adams, obviously, is great to see the big man back on the floor because uh, we haven't seen him since January of no early kidding. this year. Yeah. So, so it's great to see uh, it's great to see number four back on the floor for the team. I think for the most part, it's just been ho hum. You know, first preseason game, nothing too too much to take away from it. Um, yeah, I think I think once we kind of like once I guess tonight's game, and then like once they get on the road to face the next three opponents. I think that's when I, I'll start to kind of have some form of an opinion. But the first game for me, it was just more of like, okay, like let's just see the guys get up and down the court. Let's see the young guys, see how they're doing and what, you know, how, how they improve coming into the season. So it was just, it was just, you know, it was, it was basically just like a big, uh, big pep rally in, in a sense. Cause everybody, haven't seen each other in a long time, so it was like, "Hey, how you doing?" No, that's, a, that's, you a real, that's a really good way to put it too, because like I was at the arena and it was a super positive environment, and like calling it a pep rally, that's a really good way to put it. Like it was like very rarely do you go in an arena. I remember I went to WWE Raw when it was there, and this is a weird comparison to make, but like I had never been to a sporting event like that where everyone is like. You're always cheering on the same team, but there's a certain level of anxiety in the gym. But there was no anxiety when you're watching wrestling because all that stuff is scripted and everyone is just, it's a really positive environment to be in. And that's kind of what felt like being in the first preseason game. So I love that it's being called a pep rally that you just, that's a great term you just used right there because that's a lot like what it was like. It was great to see Derrick Rose out there. People loved that. He hit that pull up three, like you said, that really gave people a lot of confidence in, in the way he was playing some nice floaters as well. Um, what about this? Late in that game, not even late. It started in the third quarter, like mid-third quarter. So it was kind of early in the second half of this game. Guys were getting on the floor and diving. And then it goes to overtime, and it seems like both teams wanted to win. Any positives you take from that? Uh, I would I would say uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is still a bucket getter. Man, that, sure has not changed. that has not changed, ladies and gentlemen. That, he is still a bucket. Um I think Jake has did, did some really nice things, like towards the towards the end of the game. I know he kind of. I think once they kind of pulled all the regulars, the the regular rotation guys out, you know, you kind of saw him kind of assert himself a little bit more. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just whole hum. Like, oh, okay, this is going to be uh, this is going to be uh, the this is your Mrs. Hustle starting lineup here, <laughs> like on the floor to close the game out for y'all. Uh, I do think, uh, and you know, and, and and I'm sitting here thinking to myself while 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 you was talking about who who I who I want to see on the floor, and think or thinking about uh, like improvements or who who I want to see. Uh, Gigi Jackson, like I think, like, I mean, he he's the one. He's the one that 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 thing that stands out. He's that shiny little toy that you know that it could turn into something if you buy it and you just hold on to it a little longer. But then again, it could go sideways with it. He, that's that that that's what I'm looking at with Gigi. Now, with his athleticism, and again, like how they closed out that game, he was playing a four, which small. I think from a future standpoint, I think once he kind of developed his body, I think that would be one of those things where it could be like a Paul George playing the four type of thing, or maybe Kawhi playing the four type, where they're strong enough to hold up against. The, the taller fours, but then they can spread the floor and still do their thing. Uh, I mean, like he could. I think. I, I think he showed like some really nice, some nice flashes. I know he got it. He got a bucket down in the paint 
and then he blocked some. Yeah, I forgot yeah, who he blocked. Crazy. The shot. I was like, oh wait, it's like is that Gigi? I'm like, yes, it is. Like, so I think I think his development could be very key to all of this. It could make it could it could make things very shaky for a lot of players that's on the main squad right now. And um, yeah, I think yeah he he I think if the coaching staff continues to put the ball in their hands, which I'm more sure that, that that's always the goal, just, just to make everybody to be a triple threat at some point. Mm-hmm. But if he could continue to, like, develop his uh, handling, you know, his decision-making, and even, like, his own uh, shot selection and, and uh, craftiness, like, I think that will work out really well because I don't want him to end up like Jonathan Kaminga with the Warriors where all he does is play the four, the small ball four and he doesn't handle the ball. I think he can. I think Gigi can handle it. It's just you kind of got to rein it in because he's like a wild. He's like a wild horse when he gets the ball in his hands at the moment. But mm-hmm. it's gonna be like I think. I, I think his development. I, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, about his extended play against regular NBA rotation players. Right. Uh, Zach, you were talking about uh, that kind of final group of guys that closed out that game. A lot of people, uh, after that game, talking about Jake LaRavia with uh, some of the things he did in overtime and that fourth quarter. Goggles. Right now, yeah, really. Right now, do you think he is on the outside of the rotation trying to play his way in? Um, for right now, I think he is. Probably good. Uh, but, but, but listen, listen. Air LaRavia, baby. That that dunk at the end was kind of <laughs> hey, crazy. That was, that was, was nasty. <laughs> that was crazy. I was I was sitting in my seat. I was like, oh, was like okay. He punched that with his left hand. Like okay, like I was like LaRavia trying to trying to <laughs> trying, trying to get some get, get some more juice coming in. Uh, trying to get the take somebody's spot. I think you know it's it's always it's always very tricky, especially with young players because you because you want it's especially with this. This organization, this team, like like they have been very, very lean, uh, open, uh, very open of playing their young guys and letting them make mistakes. Now that now that they're kind of starting to form into this championship window, which I think it started like last year, like you might you might have to sit Alaravia because guys ahead of them are playing well. Now, from a future standpoint, I would love for at some point Alaravia just take. You know John Conchar's spot. Not to say that John is a bad player Jitty. or he can't do his role well, but I just think that from a timeline timeline standpoint, I think you expect Laravia to take his spot at some point. Um, but to start the season, because they got so many guys that they can that they're confident in playing at the moment. Like yeah, he's on the outside looking in. Um, do I see him having a sense in the G League? Probably not. I think. I mean, he might. I think they might send him down just to kind of stay, you know, you know, keep keep him loose, keep him within the flow of uh, game flow action. But I think, you know, from for right now, he's outside looking in for Lorraine. Oli, how about this one, Zach? So we talked about positives. That's a lot of positive things we just said. We get to radio, you know. We got to talk about concerns and negatives. How about this? Biggest concern that it doesn't have to necessarily have brought been brought up in that game in, in just one preseason game. Maybe it's a concern that you've had all off season. Maybe it's something that was more solidified watching that game Sunday. What is your biggest concern at this point about the Memphis Grizzlies? 
Um, I I, I mentioned this before when when we was when I was hosting a Twitter space during like a, I don't know, an off season or two ago. Um, I At would Rack love City Zach on Twitter, by the way. By the way, no, you know, same with plug. <laughs> I would I would love that at some point they would have they would have addressed like having a much bigger big, you know just you know for a size context because again like you're talking about you're talking about when Stephen Adams went out, it was Jaron at the five, which is cool. I'm fine with I'm fine with Jaron playing at the five. You had BC kind of playing sort of a pseudo you know Stephen Adams role, so you can you can get away with that. But when BC went down and then you have to play. Uh, Santi and Tillman, then it started to kind of get kind of get a little tight because then you was playing a lot of bigs that had some sight that had some height to them, mm-hmm. and and you and you pretty much everybody knows like the whole Jaren and his foul situations or whatever, or you know you know and all, you know him getting himself into foul trouble. Um, but, but he, he didn't have that. He, he does but, other but, things so well, though. That's just—it's not. It doesn't have to be his game to be a banger like Stephen Adams either. You know what I mean? Like he has his own strengths, right? And I and and, and I said this before, and I know a couple of people that agree with me said this. Like Jaren, Jaren is really a perimeter big. It's just he's seven foot feet tall, and people just expect him to right. to be a banger. That's right. You know, and that's that's not his game. He's more of a finesse player now. He did say in, in media days that he is focusing on rebounding more, which is which is which is cool. That's fine, and it's the right and thing I'm, to say too to the media. Of course, but again, like he, the reason why he won Defensive Player of the Year was because he was a shot blocker. Right. You know, he was blocking shots. He was blo- he was defending the rim, and so with every shot blocker, when you're running and contesting at the rim. You're going to take yourself out of play to get rebounds. Exactly, and so, and so the thing is, is like, yeah, we can nitpick. We can sit here and nitpick about his rebounding, and because he's seven feet tall, he should be getting ten, eight to ten rebounds. Sure, we we can, but as his main skill set is to block shots, it's to stop the stop the the, the driver at the rim. It's, you know, it's, not letting the people score. That's the whole point of. That's the whole point of the game of basketball is not letting people score. Zach, it's, it's like people want to put him like in an isolation booth and ignore all of his teammates and say, well, look, all these other people do this. But the fact of the matter that the Grizzlies were able to compliment him so well with a guy like Steven Adams and they put him in a position where he can get all those blocks, those are all positive things. Jaron doesn't have to do all that stuff because of his teammates, right? Yeah, again, and then again, also, Stephen Adams is one of the strongest human beings no in the NBA. Kidding. He sure is. Yes, yes, Steve-O. Grab as many rebounds as you <laughs> want. We finna outlet it. We finna play some transition and basketball. He was, he was leading the league <laughs> when he went down last mm-hmm. year. Yes. So, like, I look, we 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 can sit here and talk bad about Jaron about his rebounding. It didn't help with Steve as well because. Steve Kerr was playing playing him out of position anyway mm-hmm. and was refusing to play a big with him the entire tournament. And that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother debate whether I want to get into later. I don't, I probably want to talk about that. Not after but, one preseason game. Yeah, not after one preseason game. <laughs> but I think for right now, with like like if they would have addressed another big with five, I would have been okay, cool, then just in case Steve O gets hurt again, we can we, we can move on in that direction. But I think they are very confident in Xavier Tillman's play, especially towards the back end 
having to replace Steven Adams, that they're very confident that he can replace can can replace that same production if Steve O gets out, uh, goes out with injury. And then, you know, he talked about, and then Tillman talked about, you know, wanting to play the four or play the five a little more, kind of space the floor out for Jerry mm-hmm. after, you know, watching the watching the FIBA tournament, seeing how they were seeing how they're using Jaron on offense or playing them at the five. So we'll see we'll see all the you know, little wrinkles that's gonna be played out here uh, in the next couple of games. But you know, if there's one thing that that's probably the main thing and probably uh perimeter defense. That's you know, but we'll see we'll see Marcus Smart here in the next in these next couple of games. Yeah, no, important to mention that he, he set out as well. I mean, I had so much stuff I wanted to ask you, but I just get so caught up in talking what you're talking about, I just keep going with you. But I'll just ask this, because uh, we basically previewed the, tonight's game against Milwaukee with everything we just talked about. I'll ask you about the Grizzlies' opponent from that first game, a team that everybody got to see if they watched the game. What did you think of the Pacers coming into the season after one preseason game? What do you think of the way that team's constructed? Um, young squad. Uh, players, been, though. I I've I love I love Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't sure about him coming in because that funky release, but when he was playing with Sacramento, I was like, okay, like he can play. Like he like like forget the release. Like he can play. <laughs> he can play. So he can play defense. Could, you know, he can distribute the ball really well. You know, get his guys in the right spot. So. I mean, I think I really think they got a nice collection of young young players, especially around the perimeter, uh, with Matherin. Um, uh, who's the other? Oh, Buddy! Kid? They I got Buddy Hill too. Well, yeah, Buddy Hill, oh. but I think he might get he might get traded Brett later Brown. on in the year. I mean, Brown, Brown, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is another vet. But my, by the way, salute to. To the man for getting the bag. Mm-hmm, yeah. We all strive to be like him one day and get the bag. Uh, well, and also to be that. able to go to another really good, like that's a good, I think that's a really good roster they got there and a great coach too. So it's not like he went to just some bum team for some money. He got a good team that gave him money too. Oh, yeah. Like like the Pacers, the Pacers were a good team. Like they, they were kind of like fighting for a uh, playing spot, but injuries kind of got in the way. You know, they they lost Halliburton for like a piece, like a huge chunk of the back end of their schedule last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like they like they they're a feisty they're a feisty bunch, young squad. Um there's still there's obviously there's still questions, like I said, with Buddy Hill, what they're gonna do with him. Miles Turner's name has been floating around for in the trade rumors for like the last I don't know, five years. Forever. Talking so about guys like, that can't bang, jeez. Yeah. So so right now it's just a matter of okay, cool. Like if they if these are vets that they want to keep around, then cool. Like let's like let's see how they how how it, you know how it's going to work out these first twenty five to 30, 30 games with these with the uh, with this core because they could very well just flip them and say, well, let's just keep this young core together and let's go ahead and you know get some more assets and kind of build this team up and add some more use to this squad. So it could that could be. The could go no matter what, and also a really good coach too. Not to mention that as well. Jarris Walker, young guy. From, uh, okay, from had to mention Jarris oh, yeah, Walker. Walker. When I was, yeah. I was, he had like he had like four or five threes in that game. I was right? gonna, yeah, unreal. Man. I was gonna yeah, say, man, I, go ahead, Zach. I started, I, I started having flashbacks, man. Oh, like, you man. Houston. So I was like, yo, sir, like you not, you don't play for Houston anymore. You, 
You went to Indiana Pacers, sir. <laughs> we got to get you. But, no, it was a good thing. We, we got to get to a break, but I got to give a final thought for Zach. You mentioned how good Halliburton was. Never forget last season. Last season. Last season. So the season where Halliburton broke the out. The one last year. La- the one last uh, season. Right. The one where he was really good. Wally Zerbiak called him a fake all-star. Never forget that for the rest <laughs> of the time. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Zach Boyd joins us. You can hear Zach every morning on Sports 56 Mornings. You can read what he does on, at the Tri-State Defender. You can also maybe spot him at a Grizzlies game working with the radio team as well. Zach is everywhere when it comes to sports in Memphis. He's at all of the games and stuff like that. Zach joins John every week at noon. Thanks so much, Zach. Thanks, Zach. I oh, appreciate it, guys. Y'all have fun for the rest of the day. How you, about that? You too, man. We'll see you. Back after this. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. I just one of those things, when things get too heavy, just call me helium. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Per usual during the show, stuffing my face. I mean, yeah, look, you eat a lot of healthy food, but you eat a lot of food. Yeah. Not really. It's just you eat it so spaced out that it looks well, like a lot of or food. Or I scarf it all down uh-huh. at once. But that's, what, but that's what I'm saying. It's like every break you're like scarfing something down. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure to people listening, they're like, good lord, does this guy like not stop eating? Yeah. But it's really just like you had an apple the last break. Uh-huh. You're eating these little kale chips Oh, and this I almost break. didn't finish that apple. Uh, See, you we did. were, we were you didn't. I thought long. I was going to have to bring us back and talk about how you were chomping down on an apple. <laughs> Choked to death during the break. Oh, really? <laughs> You're over there like choking on the ground. I'm like, what do I do? Do I do I bring it back? Do I go help him? Yeah, do I give him the Heimlich yeah, or really? do we make sure we have something on the air right now? Which one's I vote important? have stuff on the air. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. the listeners deserve material. I'll just keel over and die, but we won't have dead air. That's right. That's what's more important. Dead person, dead air is worse dead, than dead person. That's right on the power rankings of things that that's are right. bad. Oh man, I had so much to talk about today, Brian. Like I've, we're not going to get to so much of the stuff here, so we're going to combine. Well, hey, good thing we have. Tomorrow and the exactly. next day and the next day. So we got plenty of time to talk about this. Stuff. It's so, already Tuesday. This week's flying by. It really is. Well, I mean, it's only it's only the second <laughs> day of the week flying by. So, but so we'll move some of this stuff to tomorrow. But I got a lot of fun topics, especially about baseball. We'll talk about more of those tomorrow. But I have to say, for the first time in. I don't know, forever, watching baseball or, or maybe even any sport, I literally jumped out of my seat with excitement, pumped my fist, and yelled, bleep you, at Bryce Harper <laughs> wow. when he got thrown out at first base. I was so excited. Now you're wearing your Braves jersey. I, I was. I literally got so excited. I was, because I hate Bryce, that freaking bum man. Oh, I bleep you, get, shut the bleep down, uh, bleep off, hey, get good. the bleep out yeah. of here. I mean, I was just screaming at him. I was so excited. My dog's looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, <laughs> literally, like, like it's perched up, like looking at me like, what, what in the world is going you, on yeah. here? I was fired up so much so I got to hear the radio call right now. Let's hear the radio call. Fire 2-2. Two, two. In the air, out towards right center field. Harris going to go back. Harris back to the warning track. He leaps. Michael's got it! He's got it! They fire it in, and it rolls across the infield. Taken by Riley. He no throws play. to the back. No they play. double him off! Ball game over! What a play by Braves Austin win! Riley, I've never seen a play like that! Oh. Braves even up the series. It was back to the wall. 
Never seen a play like that because it's the first time an 8-5-3 double play in postseason history. Unbelievable. He covered like 90 feet to go get the baseball. It's an unbelievable play. That's why Michael Harris is going to win a gold glove, by the way. It's an unbelievable play last night. Like you said, great play by Austin Riley to throw it to first as well. And he's like, when when Michael Harris makes the catch, he starts like pointing towards first, and Michael Harris just chunks it in. It's supposed to go to Austin Uh Albies. Not a great throw, because like you said, Michael Harris just like, I got this ball. I I got to chunk it in. Austin Riley heads up play. Unbelievable. Because it gets past Aussie Albies. Unbelievable play to first. This comes after, earlier in the game, he had a home run. Run with one hand. He had a ball that was, uh, I mean, just absolutely murdered baseball. He wow. hit it with one hand. Oh, I'm getting fired up again. Brian, I got we can't play the same one again. I know it's radio. You can't huh. repeat things very right. often. There's got to be a Spanish language broadcast. Let's hear the Spanish one. Vamos a estar aguantando vara para traernos la serie. Lanzamiento home. Batazo. Peligroso. Al central. Para atrás. Para atrás. Para atrás. Para atrás. Para atrás. Michael Harris captura. Van a agarrar fuera de base a Bryce Harper. Tiro para la primera. ¡Se acabó el juego! ¡Se acabó el encuentro! ¡Doble play! ¡Bravos gana! ¡Bravos vence a los Phillies de Filadelfia! ¡Cinco carreras a cuatro! Electricity. Truly just like both calls, whether I understand the words or not, and there's like every other word I'll understand kind of. Sure. Like, better I understand Grosso, Michael Harris. Better get Michael Harris. Bryce Harper, very, he, he said very, Bryce Harper, yes. very clearly. Double play, la, whatever it was. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, I mean, that was, that was great. Unbelievable. I mean, electricity, it was an unbelievable play. It really was. It was an unbelievable play. Not only the great catch, but like I'm marveling. And what Austin Riley did too. And the fact they got Bryce Harper out. What a bum. Thank God. This is just the crowd song. Oh, yeah. Get it to me. Now that's electric. That's electric right there. You can just hear the excitement drive you through that play. Literally visualizing what happened in yes. my head is so you hear the crowd erupt, and like you thought they erupted when Michael Harris <laughs> caught that. The oh, double man. play was crazy, man. Unbelievable that awesome. stuff. That was great. So that was the game last night. The D-backs also won. I mean, who cares? Get a life, <laughs> please. Uh, but the Braves won last night. Two more going off today. We'll talk more baseball tomorrow for sure. Yeah. Because right now, Brian, it's a big day, is it not? Sure is. It's a big day. And talk we, to me. You and I are really excited about it. So we said last week, it was like last t- Wednesday or Thursday, we were talking about, you know, we need to preview the hockey season oh, yeah. starting next Tuesday. So we're like, let's do a preview on Tuesday. We quickly find out. It, I mean, we, we should have known beforehand. There's 32 teams in the National Hockey League. We cannot preview uh, all of them in one yeah. day. It's already bad enough that we don't know really anything about what we're talking right. about. We're going to have to research all of this uh-huh. if we're going to talk about it competently. Let's maybe break it up. And luckily for us, there's only three games going off tonight. So true. we're about to preview the National Hockey League. And we got sound for it. They're on ESPN tonight. Give me the ESPN music. <laughs> Great music, too. Iconic. I went through a bunch of the different options, like TNT and the old NBC one. This is the best one. This is really good. Really good. But a bum, but a bum. All right, so let's start here. So here's how we're going to do this, Brian. Let's go through these games tonight, and like a lot of people probably don't care a whole lot about some of the teams. Obviously, the National Predators are in market. Uh-huh. You know a lot about the Kraken. The oh, Golden yeah. Knights won the Stanley Cup. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> 
And then the Blackhawks also have a player that people are excited about. So here's, let's do this. We're going to go through the games tonight, maybe give a play for the games, player pass each each team we talk about. So if you want to play it, say play, oh, obviously. Pass, say pass, we won't talk about it. Maybe just a little stat there. Also, I've been talking about the model that the Athletic put out for each oh, yeah. teams. I brought the model. Oh, wow. I printed out the model wow. for every oh, team Oh, I thought we you actually like, rolled the model in and was no, I don't have it yourself. No, no, no. Huh. That's too much. I just printed out the the, represent, the picture representation of what oh, the model I said, see. you see. So let's start at the beginning today, 4.30 on ESPN, also on ESPN+, Plus, but you just watch it on the main channel. It's on ESPN. The Preds play in Tampa against the Lightning today. Let's start with the Preds. Bryant, play or pass? Play. I'll play as well on this one. You want me to start or you want to start? Please, go for it. Go All first. right. Welcome, Bryant, to the Barry Trotz oh, era. So let's we have to explain, you know, one thing my my biggest complaint when people talk about college sports is they just like name names uh-huh. and we're all just supposed to know who they are. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you who these people are. Because okay. not I didn't even really remember who he was. Right. Barry Trotz was the first Predators coach from nineteen ninety eight when they were founded until twenty fourteen. Uh, so he was the first coach there. They let him go. They actually offered him, when he left in 2014, an yeah. opportunity to be in the front office. He still wanted to coach, and glad he did. Went to Washington to coach the Capitals and won a Stanley Cup sure there. Did. Coached there from 14 to 18. And then after that, 18 from 18 to uh, uh, 22, he was the coach for the New York Islanders. Uh-huh. They missed the playoffs the year before he got there. Took him to three straight playoffs. Missed the playoffs his last year in the Candom. Yep. But he was getting old, too. I think he was probably done for that point. And now he's back as the general manager of the Nashville Predators. And he is known, Bryant, as a defensive head sure coach. Is. So what did he need on his other side? An offensive, offensive. head coach if he's going to be the GM. Right. So he hired Andrew Brunette. And we know who Andrew Burnett is. Yeah, we do. He was the head coach of the Florida Panthers Mm in 21-22 when they won the President's Trophy and had one of the greatest offenses in the history of the National Hockey League. We all remember that. We do. Now, unfortunately, that did not equate to postseason success, and they fired him because of it. Yeah, so now he's with now he's in Nashville. What do you think about that? I mean, hey, look. Because people say, let me explain why. People say that... What wins in the regular season in hockey doesn't necessarily equate to the postseason. And the criticism of Andrew Brunette is that he is a really good regular season coach, but his style of hockey doesn't translate to the postseason. What do you think well, we about that? Saw, I mean, we kind of saw that this year. I mean, you, you talk about his year in, in Florida, and they had this great regular season and can't do anything in the postseason. 51 wins, 108 points. Right, and then and then last year's uh, Panthers team barely made it into the playoffs, and then get all, and, you know, they, they go uh, incredibly deep. So Also uh, got better to trading sure, uh, what's-his-name to the Flames, uh-huh. and they got back What's, What's his, his name? name? Right. Uh, and got healthier, I think, as well. I think they had some injuries. Maybe. Matthew Kachuk they got back? Yeah, maybe. Isn't that right? I don't remember. That's not a team we're talking about yeah, today. Yeah, not today. So, but uh, the point, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. But the the point, I will say this, because that was really the first season I watched hockey, and the Florida Panthers was yeah. one of the teams I was watching sure. all the time. It is an exciting brand of hockey to oh, watch. Yeah. Like, especially if we're, you're one of these people that we're talking to today that doesn't really watch the National Hockey League and is looking for an entry point. This team is going to be really fun yeah. to watch night in and night out. Might not equate to postseason success. Hell, it might not equate to regular season success, as we'll talk about in a minute. They don't have the best roster in the world. Right. Some of their best players are getting a lot older, and there's a big gap mm-hmm. between the best players on their roster and the rest of their roster, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So it might not equate too much, but you definitely know they're going to play an exciting brand of hockey. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing I will say about this team is is they added some some older guys. Ryan O'Reilly being the big addition uh, this offseason from St. Louis uh, was spent uh, the second half of the season last year in Toronto. Um, that's the biggest addition. But you talk about like the young pieces. Like last year, I went up to Nashville to watch them play the Kraken, and that was when I mean everybody was injured. They were playing a ton of young guys, and really nobody in Nashville. I talked to a lot of the the Predators fans while while I was up there, and they were all like, "There's no way we make the playoffs. We don't even want to make the playoffs at this right. point." And they, they really almost made it. They sold it the deadline. They did, as well. and they really almost made the playoffs Ten. because of a lot of these young guys. And so it's a young, it's like a young group mixed with a a veteran, really good old group. And so, like you said, it might not equate to a lot of winning this year, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That takes me very well into my biggest question, Mark. And we're going to spend the most time on the Predators. Like we said, they're in market, and this is a team people want to hear about. The biggest question, Mark, I see is finishing in the middle. This is what Mm. stuff I was reading this morning. Is that You just just said this perfectly, Brian. They had no expectations last year. They sold at the deadline, and then they even went on a run after they sold at the deadline to finish 10th in the West, 5th in the Central Division. And maybe that's not exactly where you want to be if you're a young team already that doesn't have a lot of players that you really have a lot of hope for in the mm-hmm. future, you either need to make that playoffs and then that's something to build off of where other people want to come play there, or you need to be dead last, kind of, in order to get a pick like yeah. a Connor Bedard, sure. let's say, something like that. So that's a big question mark. Who should I... Oh, let's go through the, so before we look at personnel, I got the model here, and here's what it says. They're projected, according to the model, 89.1 points. That's 21st. Mm. However, they have a really wide range of what they can get 21% chance they in the 85 range, but it also a 20% chance they get in the 95 to 100 range there. So yeah. a really big range there for the Predators. A lot of question marks there. 36% chance to make the playoffs and a 1% chance to make the Stanley Cup. Those are both 20th in the National Hockey League. Now, to personnel, Bryant. Who should I know? I've got really two superstars and a star here. Okay. First one is UC Saros, oh, the yeah. net minder. 92% Jeez. save percentage last year. 33 wins. Unbelievable goal. You saw him live. Tell me what you think about him. Uh, no, he's he's really good. All-star uh, last year as well. It was, yeah. And a lot of people think that he'll be riding the mix for, for goalie of the year, the Vesna Trophy this year. So and I think and you, if you have a good goalie, Roman Yossi, who I'm sure you're about to talk about here in a second, second um, he's going to be back from injury. And if you have uh, an all-star defenseman, an all-star goalie, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat. So how about this? 45 goals saved above expected last wow. year. And so the way that's calculated in hockey, I learned this morning, is that, <laughs> uh, is that so, like, if, if – Everything breaks down, and like your defenseman made mistakes that should result in a goal. If you make that save, that is a goal right. that you gain one on. 45 goals saved wow. above expected wow. was the best in the National Hockey League last year. Also speaks to how bad the defense was, sure. maybe, for the Predators as well. Speaking of defenders, you just mentioned him, Roman Yossi. Very rare do you see a defenseman lead the team in points, but he yeah. is just as good on offense. Offense runs to him. As he is on It really does. He'll take it from coast to coast, yeah. is what they were saying. Um, he has a plus 17 net rating, Roman Yossi does, uh, in terms of uh, uh, like offense versus defense. And that's a plus 15. 15 on offense and a plus two rating on defense. Both of those are the best on the Nashville Predators team. As I said, 59 points last year. He's the third ranked defenseman in the National Hockey League this year, according to the model, behind Kale McCarr and Adam Fox of the New York Rangers. So really good company he's in right there. Adam Fox, a young player that's really good. Uh, Roman Yossi also, 57% of their goals have come with him on the ice the last two seasons. What do you think about him? 
Yeah, I mean, Roman Yossi's awesome also. I, I don't know if you're going to bring this guy up or not, but you also had uh, Luke Shin this offseason, who's a good From addition. The Canucks, yeah. And so I think when you talk about the defense being bad last year, we forget about kind of them selling. We forget about the injuries. And so I think this defense could be a, a little bit better in front of in front of uh, UC. And I think, uh, Yo- or, uh, yeah, Roman Yossi's going to be a big part Josie. of that. It's hard. I mean, you get uh, a little mixed up. The other one, I, Philip Forsberg is a veteran. Oh, yeah. He's been there for a while. Great he's stash, too. definitely passed his prime. He'll be on the first line. They expect Luke Evangelista to be on the first yeah. line. And Tommy Novak to be on the first line mm-hmm. as well. Uh, those- Tommy Novak, I have as a guy you need to, need to watch out for. Really good season last year in his first real shot in the bigs. Two other additions, Gustav Nyquist uh-huh. um, came from the Wild last year, but he was traded from the Blue Jackets to the deadline. And then Ryan O'Reilly, who was yep. on the Blues mm-hmm. Stanley Cup team, and then was traded to the Leafs at yep. the deadline last year. So two new additions on offense as well there. Weaknesses that I see, defense. It's kind of Roman Yossi and everyone yep. else at this point. They need some big step mm-hmm. up there. Um, how about this? The second best defenseman is Ryan McDonough, 34 years old, Yikes. and they're saying he's kind of past his prime. Yeah. That's not always what you're looking for. No, not at all. And then the last thing is it's kind of middle drop-off after the star players. Um, the best-case scenario, how about this? This is the wild best case okay. that I have here. You either sneak into the playoffs sure. or you're absolutely abysmal. Yeah. Like, both of One those would be good cases. But here's the thing. By them adding Riley O'Reilly, Luke Shin, it's hard for me to think that they're in rebuild mode. This seems like they, they want to retool and try to make the playoffs. Because those are also veterans, yes. too. It's not like those are young players. Yeah. Because you saw at the deadline last year, if you're really going to do a rebuild, you're not going to go out and sign these veterans. Uh, uh, you want to talk about the Lightning? Uh, I just want to say a quick thing about them. Okay. Uh, Andre uh, Vasilevsky is going to yeah. miss the first two months of the year. That's going to be a huge loss for them. The guy they've got starting tonight and will probably start moving forward, uh, Jonas Johansson, 28-year-old guy, really has been a career backup, hadn't really played much, only seen action in 35 NHL games, uh, three games last year with Colorado, and had a 93.2 um, save percentage, but he was playing behind one of the best defenses in hockey, so maybe take that with a grain of salt. When you look at some of his uh, years before that, not so great as a goalie. Do you have a pick for this game? I, I might actually uh, take a stab at the uh, Preds money line in this one. I think uh, there, there's a big goalie mismatch right here. I think if you could see some of this young offense mixed with the veterans, uh, Yossi coming in there and, and running the offense, maybe you get some early uh, early shots on goal, maybe get one past them, and maybe a good price right now. I think about one about plus 150 right now for the Preds. I'd maybe take the Preds. I, uh, I like that as well. I stayed away from picking a winner on this one. I was thinking about Lightning minus one and a half, but like you said, no Vasilevsky for like yeah. two and a half months mm-hmm. here. That's a problem here as well. I took the over six and a half at even money. I, I um, That was also one of my bets. Maybe maybe a look at the over. I thought for sure you were going to take the under uh-uh. because you would see how good uh-uh. that uh, UC is and uh-huh. you'd be like, oh, we're taking the under oh, in this So one. that's when you, you say that I was going to be a, a sucker. I uh, thought for sure uh-huh. you were going to be a sucker for that's that one, it. but no. Um, so that's, uh, that's our analysis for game one there. Let's go to another game. The next game on the docket here, Blackhawks at Penguins. we got to kind of go full speed here because I know you want to talk about the Kraken. Uh-huh. Do you want to talk about the Blackhawks? I don't. If you want to talk about uh, Connor Bedard for I'll, a second. I'll play real quick. Connor Bedard um, is going to be on the first line, which is really incredible for a uh, for a rookie to do. And it's really going to be the the uh, the Bedard show this year. This team's going to be awful. They're going to be abysmal. Um, they have a guy, um, uh, 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 Ryan uh, Donato, who was a fourth line winger for the Kraken last year. And he's going to be playing on the second line. No, actually, I think first line for them this year. So wow. um, this is going to be a, a really bad team. No kidding. Points are going to come at a premium for them. Um, and, uh, 
and it's just going to be not very fun to watch. But the only thing I can say is just watch for for Colin uh, uh, Connor Bedard um, because I think with him they have a couple of other young pieces there. They could be fun to watch these guys develop. But them as a team of like wanting to watch them be good and winning games is not going to happen. A minus fifty two net rating is the second worst in the Stanley in the National Hockey League this year. and screw the Penguins. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, but you. I do have a pick for this game. I- I'm taking the Penguins uh, minus one and a half on the on the puck line. I think I think this Blackhawks team is just going to be awful. I think the Penguins are going to have a strong start to the season. After missing the playoffs last year, they're going to want to start strong uh, in order to, to start that trip to the uh, to the playoffs this year. I-, I think they win big tonight. I like that quite a bit, especially in game one like that. I think maybe you can get a good, pretty good price on that. The last game of the night here is the reigning Stanley Cup champions that beat the Panthers. It is the Vegas Golden Knights at home. They play the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Bryant, should expectations... I'm, I'm just going to skip the Golden Knights. Let's go right to the Kraken here. Okay. Uh, should expectations be higher this year for the Seattle Kraken? They exceeded expectations last year. The biggest, second biggest gold ju- I mean, uh, wins jump in the National Hockey League behind the Devils last year. Yeah. Year, so should expectations be higher? Is that fair to the Kraken? I, I don't know. I think there's still a lot of question marks about this team. This team, if you look at the, kind of their stats from last year, this was a team by committee. I mean, they scored by committee. Their their goaltending was by committee. Really, their play as a whole was by committee. And so, it, the qu- biggest question is, can they translate that again this year? Some people say no. Some people say that that was just a flash in the pan for a lot of these players. Others say that you can replicate that year after year. I think the biggest uh, story to watch for the Kraken is uh, Matty Beniers, the young center um, that will be on the first line this year um, after winning uh, the Calder Cup last year for the Rookie of the Year. Plus 11 net rating for Beniers, by the way. A, a good player. Um, also, you got Burkowski back, who's a, a winger that will also be on the first line that uh, missed uh, really the entire second half of the season last year, and that Kraken team looked entirely different without him on the ice. Biggest question this year, goaltending. Well, Shane Wright, Shane Wright's going to start in the AHL. He'll probably be one of the first call Talk about goaltending. That's the last thing Uh, we'll talk about. Yeah, so uh, I would say goaltending. uh, Philip Grubauer is going to be your starting goaltender. I didn't think he was very good the past two years, um, but he's going to be the starter this year. Last year they had Martin Jones, who I thought was really good. Career backup Martin Jones. Not with the team anymore. I think Joey Decord is going to be the backup. Same net rating Um, for Grubauer and Decord, by the way. Yeah, so that's going to be the biggest thing is is can you keep pucks out of the net? Um, You're really going to rely on this blue line. To uh, to keep uh, a lot of shots from getting to Groovy. Kraken and the Predators are actually really in the same boat in terms of predictions, both like mid eighty yeah. nine, and in terms of high and low ceiling and floor, they're exactly the same essentially. Uh, Shane Wright is one of their really good players. He's at best, is what I'm hearing, at best like a third or fourth line center. Yeah. They want to move to winger maybe, and he could maybe get to the top one of the top two sure. lines on this team. Yeah. What do you think about that idea? Who are we talking about again? Shane Wright. Shane Wright. Yeah, Shane Wright's going to start in the AHL. Um, People are saying his ceiling being a center, there's just too many good ones. He can't yeah, be higher I, than a third or fourth line center. I just don't know. I want to see what he does in the AHL. Now, maybe that's something they do in the AHL is move him to a winger and, and see how he does because that's just something he hasn't done in his career. He's always been the best player on his team. He's always been the center. He's always been the captain. So uh, we'll see. Ty Cartier, another young guy that came in in the playoffs last year, um, an undrafted guy that's going to start uh, on the uh, third or fourth line for the Kraken this year, will be a fun guy to watch. So it'll be a lot of fun. Starts. 30 tonight. Make sure you watch it. You just don't so you turn your mic off on accident. It's all right. No worries about it. Uh, Predators tonight. Make sure you watch this game. Starts at 4.30 here, and there's three games back to back to back. I hope you enjoy it. That's Hockey Talk. More after this. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
1.9 meter V8, zero to 60, and I'm about to find out. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Here once again, Johnny Radio. show Brent. time flies when you're having fun it really does uh we'll move this we got a little more baseball to talk i guess we'll save that for tomorrow we got some a lot of stuff i've got a little thought-provoking question about how the playoffs have gone but maybe we'll watch these games tonight and maybe have a better idea of it give you some plays in the last one for the national hockey league now it is time to get back to we don't have a ton of time here do we no we're kind of oh on. man i haven't even done my math today no we got we got a couple minutes gotta do your math Brent. um the last thing I want to talk about here before we get to break, I lost one of my uh, tabs here, but that's all right. I can just talk about it. Um, is the Halloween or Hallow Watch Along that we're doing. So yesterday, like we mentioned earlier in the show, we watched the movie Beetlejuice, uh, and Brian and I both liked it. It's, he, Brian saw it for the first time. I'm really glad he got to see it. And so tonight, we'd love for you all to join us and watch these movies with us so you can maybe watch along, get in the Halloween spirit with us. And we'll talk about it tomorrow. And you can always text us, 901-360-8255. Your thoughts while we're talking about it. I think it's a fun way to get in the Halloween spirit, a fun way to interact with the audience. And it's something, while it's not necessarily sports, it's something that pretty much everybody likes, uh, good, you know, good classic movies and stuff like that. Movies is kind of like music where, like, you ask someone, do you like, do you like music? Someone's like, yeah, I like music. Everybody sure. likes some kind yeah. of music. Everybody oh, yeah. likes some kind of movies. And this is a good entry point with the season as well. So the movie that we're watching tonight Young Frankenstein, 1974, wow. directed by Mel Brooks, written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks. It stars Mel Brooks. Gene Bro- Wilder. Do I know that name? Gene Wilder was the original Willy Wonka in the old... That's why I know him from. Okay, and he's in a bunch of Mel Brooks That's movies exactly as well. That's where I know him from. Is he in this movie? He is. He's the oh, main character in this movie. He plays Frank and Dr. Frankenstein. He's also married to Gilda Radner, who's one of the funniest people on the film. Gene Wilder is very funny as well. But anyway, Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks wrote the film, and they also both star in it. Gene Wilder's Frankenstein and, uh, well, I guess they're both technically Frankenstein, but Gene Wilder's Dr. Frankenstein. Mel Brooks in it as well. Uh, Marty Feldman plays Igor. Peter Boyle, who you might know as the father or the grandfather, I should say, in uh, in Everybody Loves Raymond. He plays mm, Ray and Robert's yeah. father. Peter Boyle does. He may rest in peace. Great, very funny man. Uh, Madeline Kahn and Cloris Leachman, who are uh, Mel Brooks staples as well in some of his movies. They're really funny actresses as well. Uh, first of all, this movie is available on HBO Max or Max, I guess. Or if you have an HBO subscription through whatever cable provider or streaming provider you have, it is available on there right you now. Know which- Max has live sports now. 
Hulu has live sports? No, Max has live sports. Oh, I actually did Both, that. I guess, have live sports. But, yeah, so you can watch it on there. A quick synopsis of it, because I know we're up against it. A respected medical lecturer, Dr. Frederick Frankenstein, learns that he has inherited his famous grandfather's estate in Transylvania. Arriving at the castle, Dr. Frankenstein soon begins to recreate his grandfather's experiments with the help of servants Igor, Inga, and the fearsome Frau. After he creates his own monster, new complications ensue with the arrival of the doctor's fiance. Elizabeth. It is hilariously funny. It is not super long. I can't find how long it is. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 98% audience score. Hour and 45 minutes. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Everybody, if you watch it tonight, you will laugh out loud if you haven't seen it. If you've seen it before, you'll laugh out loud again. You'll love it. It's something for the whole family, too. I cannot recommend it as enough. Uh, Young Frankenstein, Brian and I will watch tonight and then come back and talk about it tomorrow. Speaking of which, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good day.